Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, July 8th, we look at lesson two, God's grand Christ-centered plan. Together, let's see the gospel shining forth and through the book of Ephesians. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. All right, Michael, here we are at lesson two of this quarter on the book of Ephesians, God's grand centered Christ-centered plan. Try saying that 10 times best. I really <laughs> like it though. Our memory text comes from the ESV, uh, Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And our first lesson there on Sunday's lesson is telling us about this phrase, heavenly places versus in the heavens. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about Sunday's lesson, chosen and accepted in Christ. Absolutely. So, I mean, I I think this is kind of a nice way to begin is, you know, an attitude of gratitude. And of course, Dr. McVeigh starts with the, the story of Neil Armstrong sending a thank you note. And, and I think this is in, this is really true here as we're beginning the lesson after the, the words of, of introduction of greeting, which is very typical of, of, of the first century of, of all of the Pauline letters. Right. And so and, and he begins by expounding and sharing how, well, verse three, how he has blessed us in Christ with every excuse me, spiritual blessing, right? So this is, we, we need to count our blessings. And and I, th- I think this is, um, as Christians, we don't do that often enough. We see all of the problems and challenges and we certainly have them, but, but do we stop and think of, you know, the opportunities and privileges and and the wonderful ways that God has indeed blessed us. And so I, I, I just want to encourage you Wherever you are, follow the example of, of Pastor Paul here as, as we're thinking about the, if nothing else, if nothing else, to be thankful for the gift of life that and salvation through Jesus Christ. And, and once we change that and, and have that kind of correct attitude, whatever may be going on, that we can remember we have something to be thankful for and God's purpose towards us, he, he has chosen us, all of us, his yes. intention. It uses this word predestined, which in theology has all kinds of connotations, oh. <laughs> you know, you know, have, we, have we, we've been arguing about that for thousands of years now. <laughs> right. I think that the most basic sense of it, I mean, beyond all the theological interpretations is God's predestined that we, he wants us all to be saved. It's his intent, his purpose for all of us conformity with the purpose of his will, the will of God, you know, he wants us to be in harmony, in tune, right? You know, right. having a tune up, we'll talk about that, you know, let's be, you know, just in alignment, however you want to use that for the praise of his glory. And so that's just a, a beautiful thought, a reminder. I would encourage you to think about the blessings that you have experienced, that the God, what God has done for you if nothing else, that Jesus died to save you and me and every single one of us to think of what that means for us. And and by the way, at the, at the end of this passage here is 
is this reminder, a phrase that's used in a number of different places, but specifically in Ephesians, we find it for the first time in verse three, in the heavenly places. And there's a number of different instances, but basically to remind us that that we do have a heavenly home. We are strangers and pilgrims until we arrive at where our, our true treasure is is meant to be in the kingdom of God. And and so how do we remember that? To keep a, a heavenly perspective that all that we do now is pointed to Christ, is pointed to a place that we are going, a better land. And and to use a phrase that Ellen White talks about, to use some 19th century language, to to breathe in the atmosphere of heaven. You know, right. so to to think of this better place, this better land. And which brings us to, you know, as we're thinking about, I mean, I, I talked a little bit about that, but to, to go in more in depth, Buster, you know, costly redemption, lavish, for, lavish forgiveness, that kind of segues nicely into to Monday's lesson. Oh, it, it really does, Michael, talking about the the father in heavenly places of, of just mm-hmm. making sure that we remember that he is not only dwelling in heaven, but he's also dwelling in our hearts. He's dwelling here on earth. And it is the center of the power that we have because he is in heavenly places, but he also brings us up there. Mm-hmm. I love the chapter of prayer on steps of Christ. Prayer doesn't bring us, doesn't bring God down to us. It brings us up to God, right? And I, I, I love that because it talks about this costly redemption. And the word for redemption here, matter of fact, let me go ahead and read Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And verse eight, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Michael, as we read those words, it asks us to compare Colossians 1, 13 and 14. I won't read all these, but it's talking about how he brought us out of darkness, right? Titus 2, 13 and 14, it very similarly talks about how the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is actually going to pull us through and that he brought us and redeemed us uh, from our lawless deeds and purified, uh, purified us for his good works and finishes there with Hebrews 9, 15, which talks about Christ as the mediator and through his death actually redeemed us from our transgressions. And so all of this put together, Dr. McVeigh brings out this point that the original word here for redemption is this word that is used to, to bring about this imagery of buying a slave's freedom or paying to free a captive. And that's what Christ has done. We were captive and he has set us free. But once again, it, it's like this and it sounds silly, but it's like going to someone who is enslaved and saying, hey, I paid for your freedom. You can go now. And many of us still say, no, thanks. We're going to stay in captivity. We don't, we don't want our freedom. We want to stay mm. because going out is unfamiliar. It's not comfortable. We're afraid here. We know what's coming. And so therefore we choose to stay and he's not going to force us out. He's paid the price, but we have to choose to grab on to redemption and complete it with our end of the bargain, which is stepping into freedom, following him fully and completely. And so I love this costly redemption, lavish forgiveness. He's done it all. He's asked us to do just very little, which is accepted and walk in faith by it, which brings us to now God's grand Christ-centered plan, Tuesday's lesson. Yeah, absolutely. So verses 9 and 10 talk about this. I'm just going to read them quickly because I think it's so poignant. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to 
his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, talked about this before, but just zeroing in again, to be, verse 10, be put into effect when the time re- the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. And the lesson points out there are three parts to this, or three labels, three aspects. Number one, the mystery of his will. Two, his purpose. And three, a plan for the fullness of time. And so, so where do we find this? Well, we find it in Jesus. Amen. You know, it's just, it's all there. It's all there. It's the sum of all things. Okay. It's <laughs> in Jesus. It's the, it's where all of this is headed. And it's God has a plan even before the foundation of the world. Verse four, as Adventists, we, we call this the cosmic conflict, the great controversy, whatever you want to call this, that, that basically that there is the moral framework of the government of God. And, and we know that these, these have antecedents in, in history. You know, I, I know my, my good friend, Nick Miller, he talks about this in the terms of some, some of the legal history of, of the, how, how these ideas developed through the Reformation. And, and so I, I think if we look at this, if we look at this, we, we begin to remember that God has a plan for you and I, and that God's government is, is, is just, it's fair. Yeah. It's, it's moral, right? Oh, I was blanking on the name of, of the guy that Nick Miller, Hugo Grotius, Hugo Grotius, uh, great legal mind, also great theologian, lived in from 1583 to 1645. So there's other people that have taught this idea throughout time and space. And so those ideas have developed over time. And, and of course, we understand them as this cosmic conflict between Christ and Satan. Ellen White wrote a whole book on this called The Great Controversy, right? Right. And, and that's really important for us to understand that it, it's not us. It's, we're, not, we're not the ones that, that caused the great controversy to come to an end is Christ, but we are witnesses. And we're so, therefore, we're witness to how God works out that plan. So the fullness of time, that's God's plan of redemption and ultimately put an end to evil, sin, death, all of that. And and we know that there will be victory. By the way, there's one other part to this, and and that is the working out of God's plan. That works out through the Christian church. And I like that that's brought out here in the lesson. That's how Satan feels threatened because of the work of the church. And by the way, the church is imperfect. I know I know because I'm imperfect, right? So all of us if, should yes. give us a sense of humility. But but together, despite our foibles and flaws, God is working in and through the church as a community to spread the news, the message of salvation, the gospel to a world that so desperately needs to hear the story, or at least have the opportunity to hear that message. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to remember. Amen. Which means that the church lives out it lives out the gospel, which is living in praise of his glory. Share with us, Buster, about that. Yeah. So this lesson, this, this day's lesson concentrates on one word, and that's the word inheritance. And it comes from Ephesians 1, 11, uh, through 14. And I'm going to read verse 18. I want to actually read this. This is a literal translation of the Bible. And whom we also have been chosen to an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of the one working all things according to the counsel of his own will, for us to be the praise of his glory, the ones who had previously trusted in Christ, and whom also you, hearing the word of truth, 
the gospel of mm-hmm. your salvation, in whom also believing you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who, mm. who is an earnest of our inheritance to the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of his glory. And ending here, verse 18, the eyes of your mind have, have, having been enlightened for you to know who is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This is beautiful. And it asks this question, it says, have you ever received an inheritance? And then what was it like? And recently, I very close friends of ours, we consider them like sisters, the Alba sisters, now both married, so that's not their last name anymore, but they lost their mother tragically to a heart, heart attack last year. And she was young, just retired, but she had her estate, her affairs and I'll edit this later. Okay. She had, her, <laughs> she had her estate in order. And as a okay. result of that, she left a little bit of inheritance. And one of the daughters, both of them used it very wisely. One of them used it to exp- do some expansions on their house. The other one started a business because her mom wanted her to always dream big. And and it just reminded me, she's like, every time she makes a sale for, for that, it's a blanket that actually has words of affirmation on it. She's like, it's like sending blankets of love, of, of hugs towards as many people as possible around the mm-hmm. world because of what her mother wow. had given her. And I just thought of that. And it, it asks this question, what's the difference between earning something and inheriting something? Well, you inherit mm-hmm. something. There's, there's not much you have to do. There's sometimes some rules that you have to go along with and listen to. But for the most part, all you have to do is accept it. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the thing that we forget, which is we have to accept Christ. We don't have to work to, to fight with them or to get these different things in. We have to accept him and claim it because it's already been done for us. And, and as we walk into it, we actually recognize our purpose and our calling and our truest form of purpose and living. And so li- looking at all those things, recognizing that we are a part of the praise of his glory. And because of that, we can praise him. So, Michael, that leads us to Thursday's lesson, the Holy Spirit, seal and down payment. Absolutely. So verses 13 and 14, which you already just alluded to and mentioned, you know, that uh, marked with a seal at the end of verse 13, the promised Holy Spirit. And it says, verse 14, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. So this is just a reminder that God didn't just leave us kind of hanging when he went up into heaven um, after his resurrection here, when he came to this earth, lived and and on on Calvary and was resurrected afterwards and and what have you, that that we are left with a gift, a down payment, a seal. And and so what what is it that we can have some confidence to know that the God is working in and through us and that will lead us to Christian faith and maturity and and to continue growing. And it's the Holy Spirit each and every day as we listen and pay attention to be made alive, right? So Amen. that's a living encounter with with who Jesus is. And I think um that's that's just really important. I, I think we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough in our in our Christian experience and our Adventist experience. I'm not sure exactly all the reasons why that is, but but we we do we we should we should remember because it is so important. Paul reminds us of that, and so encourages us that sort of guarantee. You know, this week we had a flat tire. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
So it was raining out and I get a phone call, you know, I got a flat tire for my wife, you know, and so I drive across town, we're, we're there and, and I, I love it. My son is like, hey, I'll help you dad. And so we're, we're changing that tire. Right. And, and so then I, I, for some reason, I forgot where I got the tires from. And so I went to the first tire shop that I, I was sure we had gotten it from there. And they're like, oh no, no, that's, that's not from, that's not one of ours. Actually it's the same brand of tire. They said, no, that, I think that's Costco. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes, Costco. So Costco, um, they, there's no paid advertisements here. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It's just, just, just a factual just, story. It is just, just what happened, you know? So I'm like, okay. And and by the way, the other tire store said, oh, we can't fix it. You're gonna have to pay to replace the tire. And so I ended up going to Costco and and they, to, to their credit, they honored their tire warranty, right? A guarantee that they would fix the tire. And, and I love that because all of a sudden I thought I'm going to have this huge bill and it just it made me feel so much better. Like, oh, I'm so glad I bought my tires. I got the little warranty thing. And, and it's sort of that same kind of thing. It, it, it feels better knowing that if you're driving around, oh, okay, I, I have a warranty. I have a guarantee. So if something goes wrong, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to have go. to buy a whole new set of tires or whatever. And, and that Holy Spirit's that sort of warranty. That's that guarantee. I was, I was just going to say, Michael, us, just, just don't yeah, try to redeem yeah. it at the wrong place, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I did. Maybe I was looking at the analogy for the false Holy Spirit. I don't there know. There we go. Know. There we go. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful, right? Go to the right place. But but the, the Holy Spirit, you know, gives us that assurance. And I love that. Even the in the Greek there, uh, Araban. This, that's that word guarantee yes. that, that the installment, deposit, down payment, whatever you want to use, let's not forget the Holy Spirit and, and have a living in faith, a living encounter. Listen, you know, the words of scripture, it's not a one-way thing where God only speaks to us. God wants us to engage and, and talk back to him through prayer and, and, and community with one another in the Christian faith. And, and as the Holy Spirit prompts and convicts our hearts to, to pay attention to, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love that, Michael. And and as we're moving forward and and looking forward towards this this lesson, remember to every day go back and thank God for that gift, to thank Him for it, to claim it. Uh, but also, don't be afraid to share with others about the the good news either. Absolutely, and have an attitude of gratitude. And remember, with the second week, God has a plan. God's Amen. grand plan. Amen. So. Well, until next week, I think we put a wrap for, for this week. And thanks for joining us. And as we encounter the words of scripture, and I pray that God's Holy Spirit will be that seal in your own Christian experience. And until then, this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community, a ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible. And be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, SabbathSchoolRescue.org, for each weekly episode.